Welcome to a very special holiday edition of State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. Hope everyone had a wonderful and Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year wishes to everybody out there. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. We're with you all the time talking pro football NFL gambling. It's where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois right here on State Lines. And John Spataro, we're going to start this one. Look, week 17 in the NFL is going to be crazy. There's all kinds of playoff scenarios out there, not just involving the Bears. But when we talked a few weeks ago, I know you had Matt Nagy fired. I know you had Ryan Pace fired. I agreed with you on that. I wasn't sure the Bears would pull the trigger because, of course, The Bears do like to, let's just say, be very frugal with the way they run that franchise most of the time. But here we are in Week 17, and after that loss to the Lions, where the Bears blew a 10-point lead with two and a half minutes to go in the game, who would have ever thought, John, that entering Week 17 with the Bears with a home game against the rival Packers at Soldier Field, the Chicago Bears at 8-7 would only need to beat Green Bay, which is tough. It will be tough, no doubt about it. The Packers are playing for home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. Or the Bears just need some help from the Rams. If they beat the Arizona Cardinals in L.A. on Sunday, the Bears get in regardless of what happens in their game against Green Bay. So for the Chicago Bears, it hasn't been an ideal season, a very streaky season. But I think uh, most would take it, based on where they were just a few weeks ago at that six-game losing streak, the idea that the Bears control their own destiny and they can even get in with some help if they don't get the job done against Green Bay. Yeah, as much as I was down on the Bears to begin uh, the season, just kind of unsure of as what they were going to put on the field. Certainly after the loss to the Lions, I think I said that they were eliminated in my eyes. However, uh, I did note that they were not mathematically eliminated, and yet here we are. They are not mathematically eliminated and actually have math on their side to make the playoffs. It's a crazy season, just bookended by some great play to start, some mediocre play in the middle of the year, and now... Um, maybe a top five offense in football, and and that sounds ridiculous, but if you look at the way Mitch has played against the Jags, the Vikings, and the Texans, it's been pretty dang good. Even that game he lost against the Lions, he looked good in the first half until he fumbled that game away literally on the last possession. So um, here we are again, reassessing what this Bears team is. I would say that Matt Nagy's status, in my mind, has not changed. I I still don't think that he is the right coach for this team. I think that, if anything, he's, he's really exposed himself as being a horrible play caller. Now that Bill Lazor has taken over that duty, it seems like this offense is moving the ball a lot easier. Maybe he's simplified the offense down to only three or four plays because that's what it feels like they run all the time is either a run to Montgomery, a couple play actions here and there, and some bootlegs. But hey, it's got the ball moving to a level that we have not seen in years from Mitch Trubisky and certainly did not see at all from Nick Foles. So when you're looking at the season as a whole, if you see them end up 8-8, eight or 9-7 and seven and somehow make the playoffs on that record, it's going to feel like a pretty successful year. But everyone who's watched this team has seen the ups and downs, seen what they can be at their best, and certainly what they can be at their worst. I said that although I wasn't you know, super excited for a deep playoff run for this team, I would always root for them to be in the playoffs rather than not. And that's exactly where I'm at right now. It's going to be a fun game to watch on Sunday versus the Packers. Anything after that I think is going to be gravy because I think they're a little outmatched uh, for some of the top teams in the NFC, uh, the Packers being one of them when it comes to the playoffs. So it's going to be an interesting ride here. Sunday's going to feel like a a play-in game, if you will, for the playoffs because of the way that the scenarios shake out. But in terms of watchability, the Bears have become a much more watchable team 
from what we saw when Nick Foles was putting up 150 yards a game, no touchdowns and some picks. Mitch has the ball moving. The defense seems to be reignited and playing some good ball. I think it's going to be a fun one at Soldier Field on Sunday. Will be an interesting contest, no doubt about that, John. Now, the good, you mentioned the good. Mitchell Trubisky's playing much better football. Bill Lazor looks like a much better play caller than Matt Nagy. Uh, the one thing that I think would make everybody just a little hesitant here if you're ready to jump on the Bears bandwagon, and by the way, the Packers are a five-point favorite in the game at the Bears. The total is 52. So Green Bay at 12-3 and three is playing for home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs. If they win, they get it. The Bears at 8-7 and seven are playing to get into the postseason. Aaron Rodgers a couple of weeks ago said that the Packers really want this home field advantage throughout the playoffs. And, and he elaborated why. Because the Packers, I believe, have been in four NFC championship games since they won the Super Bowl a decade ago with Rodgers at quarterback, the only Rodgers Super Bowl championship in Green Bay. And he mentioned, Rodgers did, that those four games on the road, they lost them all. And home field advantage would be nice for the Packers to be able to play an NFC title game at Lambeau Field, fans or no fans. So the Green Bay wants this. It's not like some teams you see, well, we can go anywhere. We're Road Warriors. I think the Patriots in their heyday, they're not having a good year this year. But it was like, okay, well, we can play in Foxborough. We can go play in Denver. We can go play wherever you want us to play. And we're going to be just fine with all that experience. Green Bay's got a lot of experience with Aaron Rodgers at quarterback. But still, they don't have a lot of experience winning deep into the playoffs on the road. Uh, the second thing that would make me a little hesitant here on the Bears, John, is this. The Bears have wins now since that Lions debacle. And let's not anoint the Lions as some great team here. But the Detroit Lions this year do have five victories. The Bears, since that game, they have beaten the Houston Texans, who have four wins. They've beaten the Minnesota Vikings, who have six wins. And they've beaten the Jacksonville Jaguars, who have one win. That was the opener against the Colts in Jacksonville. They've lost 14 in a row. So the Bears' three wins in their last three games have been against teams with a combined total Combined total entering week 17 of 11 victories. So are the Bears really clicking? Have the Bears turned the corner? I'm going to throw this to you, John. Or is it that the Chicago Bears are playing terrible competition and somebody's got to win these games? Well, I guess we'll find out, right? I mean, that that's really the question going into the playoffs for any team is, you know, are you hitting your stride at the right time and are you tuning up before you play some uh, world-class competition? The Bears have not been playing great teams, but they've been taking care of business. I mean, the Vikings still had a playoff shot when they beat them uh, a couple weeks ago. So I, I would still say that that team was playing at full speed and trying to make it to the postseason. The Jags, um, yeah, not the most talented team in the NFL, but uh, certainly the Bears did what they should have done, which is blow them out and really take control of that game in the third quarter. And as far as the Texans go, you still shut down a, a pretty good young quarterback into Sean Watson and held him to only seven points, which is uh, a rarity for that offense. So all in all, I think there's good things to take away from each of these last three games, despite the competition. My question is just going to be, can you do that against Aaron Rodgers? And a lot of people cannot. I mean, he is truly playing at his MVP level that we've seen from the past few years. He's got this offense running uh, like a Swiss watch and he's absolutely incredible when he's got time in the pocket so it's going to be a tough one for the defense that led up 41 points to him in the first meeting at Lambeau Field but you got to think that that was a completely different mindset for this team they were just five and one they lost that game to go to five and six the air was completely let out of this season and now in just four short weeks uh, they're in a playoff position so I think that the defense is going to respond a little bit differently being at home and also trying to right the wrong of that game I mean 
mean, they certainly are better than a 41-point performance no matter who is playing quarterback. I think that they let that one get away from them. So they're going to try to get right uh, with the home field performance on Sunday. And I think what really is is big for Mitch Trubisky and the Bears coming into this game is that I I think they feel like they don't need to play a perfect game on defense and win this one 17-14. I feel like they feel like they can score some more points than they did the first time these two teams met. And I think that's going to add a lot to the confidence of the Bears uh, overall. The defense isn't going to feel like they need to allow two two touchdowns or less. The offense isn't going to feel like they need to score every single time they get the ball uh, because they don't know when points are going to be coming down the line. Now, that being said, they could get shut out and it could be, uh, you know, just another chapter in the Rodgers versus the Bears history. However, I, I just think from a, a competition standpoint, the Bears have to be coming into this game feeling a little bit differently than they did way back when when they traveled to Lambeau. No doubt this is really, you hear it all the time, John, in the NFL. You hear the term measuring stick game. Where is this team at? We'll really find out. A lot of times that cliche is way overused. There's no doubt about that. A lot of times it's not really the case. You'll hear announcers talk about it. But in this particular game, I think this is the, the epitome of a measuring stick game. For all the reasons that we've been talking about and you just articulated here the last couple of moments. Look. They've beaten teams, the Bears, the last three weeks, the Texans, the Vikings, and the Jaguars. As we said, they have combined 11 victories on the season entering Week 17, and now you take a huge class hike. So we'll find out. The Bears are on their own field. There's no fans at Soldier Field. They play one of the best quarterbacks in NFL history, a guy in Aaron Rodgers they've had a lot of problems with in his career in Green Bay. Granted, a lot of those games, Jay Cutler was the Bears quarterback, and we know the Bears never really lived up to their potential with Cutler under center. But still, the Bears have not fared well against the Packers in games like this. What was it, the first year of Mark Tressman, 2013, uh, where the Bears, all they had to do was beat the Packers on their own field to win the division, and Green Bay in a year Aaron Rodgers was banged up. Rodgers on fourth down through that long pass, and they eventually got the touchdown, and they had to knock the Bears out of the playoffs in Week 17. So this is where the Bears take a huge class hike, and we will find out once and for all, I think, here in Week 17, what the Bears really are. If they win this game, you can look, I think, at a Bears team and say, fought through a lot of adversity, did not play well in the middle of the season, but they did turn it around, and maybe Mitchell Trubisky's turning the corner a little bit. Uh, If they get blown out in this game, I think that you say it was a complete mirage. They played three bad teams. They're not a good football team. And if it's a close game, then you say maybe, hey, this was a mediocre team with a third wild card in the NFL this year added to the schedule in both the NFC and the AFC. And the Bears are right there. A mediocre football team, what you would expect. The AFC's got a lot better teams. A 10-win team is probably going to be left out. They are going to be left out there. Uh, of the postseason. It's possible an 11-win team gets left out in the AFC. In the NFC, it's possible an 8-8 eight eight team makes the playoffs. Definitely a 9-win team. The Bears, if they're that, they get in it as a 9-win team. Same deal with the Cardinals. So this one's going to tell a lot about where the Bears are at right now, but I'll, I'll, I don't want to rain on John Spataro's parade here on State Lines. Jason Gotch and John Spataro with you. Because I agree with John. Look, I, I made the case on this show that when you look at Matt Nagy, and I, it's definitely the case now because the Bears have 8 wins. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a worse coach in NFL history. In his first three years, he did not go under 500. Nagy was 8-8 eight eight last year, 12-4 and four his first year. He's got at least eight wins this year. He's not a good play caller. The team looks lost at times on the field. But I really think if the Bears win this game, Matt Nagy's back next year. If the Bears 
get to the playoffs and win another game, win a game there, then I think Nagy and Pace are back next year. I'm not so sure if the Bears win this game if Ryan Pace comes back. He could, but I think Matt Nagy does. If the Bears lose a close game, I think Matt Nagy's back next year. At 8-8, eight eight, I think they, they, they find a way to bring him back with one year left on his contract. If they get blown out, then maybe Nagy's gone. But I could also see Pace coming back if it's a close game against Green Bay. I really Look, they got one year left on their contracts. The Bears are not known for firing people. I'm not saying it's the right move, John, but I really think that it's a possibility that next year we get the excuse, hey, we got to give these guys one more chance. It was the COVID year. They rallied strong at the end of the season. Uh, let them play it out. Matt Nagy's never had a losing season, so why would we fire him at this point again not saying that's right but I could definitely see it happening yeah I think you're absolutely right on that I don't think Nagy's going anywhere uh, if the Bears make the playoffs it's it's just very unlike ownership to fire a coach uh, with some money left on their contract and after a playoff appearance that just doesn't really seem like the case if he loses this game and the Cardinals win and he doesn't make the playoffs I think you'd get a Lovey Smith situation where even though he won 10 games he didn't get it done. He lost to the Packers and didn't make the playoffs, and the rest was history because they fired him that offseason. So as much as my opinion on Pace and, and excuse me, as much as my opinion on Matt Nagy has changed a little bit, that as long as he's comfortable handing off the play-calling duty to Bill Lazor and the offense looks the way that it does these past three or four games, I'm okay with him uh, being the head coach, even though you're probably not getting what you're paying for uh, as an offensive-minded coach out of him at this point. But in, in terms of the rest of them I don't think Ryan Pace deserves to come back uh, playoffs or not he's wasted enough money already on quarterbacks and you know just poor personnel decisions he's had a couple nice uh, pickups in the draft he's made a couple of okay moves but overall he does not uh, earn my trust to continue to build this team and, and move some pieces around to make them even more competitive next year so Pace is gone no matter what in my opinion whether or not that happens we'll see and Nagy I, I do think if he makes the playoffs and Mitch it continues to play this well uh, that he has been in these last few games. Both of them will be back as the coach and the starting quarterback and we'll have uh, just another year of up-in-the-air season uh, where we'll see uh, where they fall uh, come at the end of 2021. All right, he's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. This is State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. The Bears will start the new year with one of their bigger games in recent years. A win against the Packers at Soldier Field puts them into the playoffs. A loss, and they need some help to get to the postseason. We'll break down that game, give you the betting numbers, look around the NFL as well. Our picks against the spread as far as our best bets coming up later on in the show as well. Back with all that right after this. State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. Happy and healthy New Year's wishes to one and all out there. Great to have you aboard all season with us here on State Lines. And good news, we're with you through the Super Bowl this year. So a lot more of our programs left. Always great to have you joining us for the show. And again, you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois right here on State Lines. All right, John, let's break it down. 
from the gambler's perspective, from the straight-up perspective, all the way around here. The Chicago Bears and the Green Bay Packers, this game is a 325 central time start. The NFL does this now in the final week of the regular season when they have teams battling for playoff spots or for home field advantage throughout the playoffs. They do their best and almost always get those games to kick off at the same time. So it's not like uh, the Cardinals would know what they have to do against the Rams based on what the Bears and Packers did in the early game. This time around, they're going to be kicking off at the same time. So the Packers right now, you look at the latest number as we tape this show, the Packers are a five-point favorite. The total in this game is 52. Again, Green Bay clinches home field advantage throughout the NFC playoffs with a win over the Bears or a Seahawks loss in Week 17. And the Seahawks will be playing at the 49ers on Sunday. Again, a late kickoff there as well. And we've talked about what the Bears need to do, win and they're in, or the Rams beat the Cardinals and they're in. So what do you think of this one? How's this one going to play out? And how should the gamblers look at it? Yeah, I'm looking at two numbers in particular for this week for the Bears. I'm looking at the over, which is right around 52 points right now. And I'm also looking at the Bears' money line. I think there's some value in uh, over 200, plus 200 odds for the Bears to win this game. And you know what? If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it big. I like the Bears on the spread as well, plus 5.5. That's actually gone up a little bit since it opened. The Packers were about 3.5-point favorites when this game opened up, but the public has pushed that line towards more of a Packers favorite uh, so they now have to cover five and a half points if you want to play the pack. But really, I see this game having a lot of points scored in it with both teams having something to play for. And like you mentioned, the other game going on at just the same time, uh, both for the Packers and the Bears, the Packers will be scoreboard watching a little bit for the Seahawks. The Bears will obviously be interested in what happens in the Arizona Cardinals game. So that suggests to me that the tempo of this game and the game script is going to be, uh, we're going to try and score in every quarter of this game, even when it comes down to to the late end. Uh, I think both teams are going to try to make a case for their playoff resumes and uh, not leave anything on the field. They're really going to want to show out. So I think this one will go over pretty comfortably. Uh, it would not be a, a great thing for the Bears to try and keep up in a shootout. But 52 points, uh, that looks about where the Bears have played some of their division games. If you go back to the game that they played against the Lions that they lost, 64 points scored in that one. Just a few weeks ago, they had a shootout type game with Minnesota. So two division rivals, I think that they've seen each other before this season. It's going to equate to uh, some some points on the board just because of the playoff scenarios. Just another reason to add some points. And then also on the side, I like the Bears at plus 205 right now for the money line bet. Like I said, if I'm going to bet on uh, essentially a playoff game here, I think the Bears are going to want to make the playoffs uh, rather than not. So they're going to be going all out. I, I would rather win a little bit more on the money line than just a straight up spread bet. Uh, you know, it, it's going to be a good one. And and I think that one way or another, it's going to come down to the quarterback play of Mitch Trubisky. He's been uh, pretty good in these last few weeks. But like you said, Jason, it, it always is in the back of the head as a Bears fan that this is all a mirage and Trubisky's going to regress back to uh, what we've seen him at his lowest. So it's going to be a fun one to watch. I'm excited. It's, it, it has a little bit of a feeling uh, of a playoff atmosphere. I'm sure Soldier Field would be rocking if that was the case uh, and we had some fans in the stands. But alas, it's going to be just an NFC North classic uh, between these two teams that I'm expecting a lot of points and uh, although you know it, it certainly could go the Packers way if I'm going to play this one I think I'm going to bet the Bears and I'm going to hold my breath and hope for a big money line win to set me up with a little bit of a bankroll come playoff time. 
Well, John, I got to say, you don't normally hear this in gambling, but from a fan's perspective, I hope you're right and I'm wrong because I actually think Green Bay is going to win this game and they're going to cover the spread. I look back to a month ago at Lambeau Field. The Packers, after three quarters, led the Bears 41-10. to Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears got some garbage points at the end in the fourth quarter. That game was 41-25. But the Packers, through three quarters, did everything that they wanted to do against the Bears and probably could have done more if Matt LaFleur really wanted to show more at that point uh, in the game in the third quarter. But he didn't need to. There's no reason to empty the playbook in a game that's already won and it's on national TV. No need to tell your opponents, uh, especially offensively future, what you're going to possibly do. It's always good to keep some plays in in your back pocket if you can. And I I look here at a month later, and there's no doubt Mitchell Trubisky's playing better football than he did a month ago. And you got to give Mitch a little bit of a mulligan for that game in Green Bay. That was the first one he started in a long time before he was benched for Nick Foles. Matt Nagy actually has done the smart thing by playing Mitchell Trubisky. It took Matt Nagy almost three years, I think, but he might have finally learned that Mitchell Trubisky is not all that good throwing in the pocket. You got to move him around. You got to roll him out. When you do that, some good things happen with Mitchell Trubisky. He can make plays with his legs. We've seen him do that the last few weeks. He can make some plays with his arm, too. But he's not a good traditional drop-back passer. Now, the sad part is that Jason Gotch is doing a show with John Spataro here on State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. And Jason Gotch, who's not a football coach and never played in the NFL or college football, understood that Mitchell Trubisky is not a good pocket passer. you got to roll the guy out and move him around. That, that makes him a better player. Now, the fact that I figured that out, and Matt Nagy didn't for a couple of years, uh, does not, I don't think, reflect very well on the Bears head coach. But it is what it is. Still, I think when you look at this game, yes, Trubisky's playing better, but the Packers are the better team. Their offense is very explosive with Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and they've got a ton of weapons. Uh, The Bears' defense has been better in recent games, but I'm not still convinced that they've completely turned the corner. They haven't played an opponent like the Green Bay Packers since they played the Packers a month ago at Lambeau Field. And I think back to what I said in the first segment of the program, John, when Aaron Rodgers talked about a few weeks ago how important home field advantage would be throughout the playoffs for Green Bay. I don't think they want to leave their their home field advantage fate throughout the NFC playoffs in the hands of the San Francisco 49ers who are playing for pride against the Seahawks coming up on Sunday. I think they want to take care of business. I think they're going to cover the five. I do think the game goes over 52. I think the Bears will get some points, but I think the problem is the Packers are going to score a lot of points. So I hope I'm wrong on this one. If you're not betting this, look, I really do want to be wrong on this game because January is not one of my favorite months. It's cold in Chicago. It's cold throughout the Midwest. I would love another week of Bears football from a fan's perspective, but I just do not see it happening here. I think Green Bay wins the game by more than five. I think they cover the 52. And again, I like what John said, though. If you're going to bet the Bears, why would you even take the points at this point? Why not just take them on the money line? You're basically getting, you know, one to two. You put 100 down, you get another a couple hundred in return. Everything on the line here for the Bears on Sunday. So, John, what do you think here? You think they're, I know you said you think the Bears are going to, you know, fight this one out and they got a great shot to win this game. But when you look at it and look around, let's take a look at one of the other games before we get to all the playoff scenarios because let's say I'm right. Let's just, for argument's sake, say I'm right. And let's go out and say we're going to be scoreboard watching at about 6 o'clock Central Time. The Rams and the Cardinals, the Rams are a one-point dog at home. The total in this game is 38 and a half. And you look at what's going on with the Rams here. Unfortunately for Bears fans, Jared Goff had a thumb surgery. He's not going to play this game. 
So the Rams will start John Wolford, a 6'1", 200-pounder, 25 years old. He played in college at Wake Forest. He basically has no NFL experience. He's never started a game of the National Football League. He's going to be going up against Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, who have a lot on the line. Do you think John Wolford can help out Bears fans if the Bears can't get it done and get the Bears in the postseason? Or do you think the Bears got to win that game on Sunday, John, if they're going to make it to the playoffs? I certainly think you got to hold your breath if the Bears don't win that game, and you got to root for uh, John Wolford to do the unthinkable and come in for his first NFL start and shut down a pretty good offense uh, or keep up with a pretty good offense and, uh, and not a terrible defense either with the Arizona Cardinals. Also, on the other side of the ball, uh, Kyler Murray is kind of up in the air right now. He's dealing uh, you know, with some more injury issues as well, so we might have a quarterback issue in Arizona. Uh, you know, Names like Cole McDonald, and Khalil Tate and guys you've never heard of before are in consideration to start if Kyler Murray can't go either. So this one could go even lower than that 38-point total. I mean, I don't know how you really expect two guys who have never played in the NFL before uh, to put up a ton of points. I know that the Rams just announced that Cooper Cup, one of their top wide receivers, has tested positive for COVID-19, so he will be out of that game. And man, it's not going to be the offensive explosion that I'm anticipating between the Bears and the Packers uh, between these two to NFC West rivals. So, yeah, you really got to hope that the Bears find a way to get it done on Sunday at Soldier Field and not have to put this game in the hands of John Wolford and the Rams. If I do have to make a pick on it, I think I'm going to go with the Rams because although you're missing uh, Jared Goff and and Cooper Cup and that offense isn't the best, uh, you still have playmakers on the defensive side of the ball that can disrupt whoever it is that the Cardinals want to throw out at quarterback, be it Kyler Murray or one of these guys that they're looking at as a fill-in if Kyler Murray can't go. So I'm going to lean on Aaron Donald. I'm going to lean on some of the defensive pieces. Uh, You know, uh, Leonard Floyd, who's played a great season after leaving the Bears in L.A., he could get some sacks you know cause some fumbles some turnovers and just really disrupt that game so there's more playmakers for me on the LA side of the ball in this one if the quarterbacks are going to be who we think they are I think it's going to be a low scoring game which favors some big defensive plays so hopefully the Bears won't have to worry about the Cardinals winning but if they don't uh, beat the Packers it's going to be an interesting one and it might force us to watch uh, some games with uh, quarterbacks that we've never heard of before as they hold on to the Bears playoff hopes. And a reminder, the Rams are not in. The Rams need to win or tie against the Cardinals, or they need the Bears to lose or tie their game against the Packers. So if the Bears beat Green Bay, the Rams better beat the Cardinals, or it's the Cardinals and the Bears in the playoffs, and the Rams are on the outside looking in. So the Rams at 9-6 and six still have a lot on the line this week as well. In the NFC, just a quick update here, because these scenarios, I know they're all over the place, especially with a seventh playoff team, the third wild card in both the NFC and AFC added for this season. Green Bay, New Orleans, and Seattle have all clinched their divisions. Tampa Bay has clinched a playoff berth. You know the Bears are still in the hunt. You know the Cardinals are still in the hunt. You know the Rams are still in the hunt. And two of those three teams will make the playoffs. And then you've got, we'll talk about this next segment, John, because look, the NFC East or least, whichever way you want to put it, it looks like it's the Washington football team or the Dallas Cowboys. They're going to be playing some playoff football. We'll talk about that coming up. Uh, over in the AFC, you got to feel bad for some of these AFC teams because the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Steelers are all division winners. They're all in. Four playoff spots are still on the line, including the AFC South title. That'll go either to the Colts or the Tennessee Titans. And the Colts actually need help to make the playoffs because 
you look at the AFC and you got all these 10-win teams over there like the Ravens, like the Dolphins, like the Browns, like the Colts. And right now, if everybody wins on Sunday and the Titans win their game as well, the Colts are on the outside looking in. The Cleveland Browns, you talk about a team that's maybe got a rabbit's foot going this season. They're 10-5. and five. They had a horrible loss at the Jets last week. Not a game they should lose. But now they're going to have to beat the Steelers on their own field to assure themselves a playoff spot in Pittsburgh because they've already clinched the AFC North. They're resting Ben Roethlisberger this week. Mason Rudolph is going to play quarterback for the Steelers. We've seen Mason Rudolph in the past. Uh, he's not he's not been very good as the Steelers quarterback. He was benched last year filling in for Roethlisberger. So the Browns are now a 10-point favorite in that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. So the odds makers are saying, John, that the Steelers are not really competitive without Ben Roethlisberger against the Browns. So after the Browns lose to the Jets last week and maybe cost themselves it looked like a playoff spot because they had a tough game in Week 17, it doesn't look that way because the Steelers are helping them out a rival by not playing Ben Roethlisberger. So a lot of different playoff scenarios out there. It's going to be a very fun Week 17 of the National Football League. We'll talk more about this when we come back on State Lines. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. And we'll look at that NFC East. Somebody's got to win it. That's the NFL rules. We'll talk about that right after this. to State Lines. Happy New Year to everybody out there. Week 17 is our topic here on the program where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. John, somebody's got to win it. There's going to be a champion in the NFC East this year. And right now, it's between the Dallas Cowboys and the Washington football team and the New York Giants also involved in this scenario. So let me lay it out there. Here's what's going on. We're going to get John's thoughts on this from the gambler's perspective. The Giants against the Dallas one, uh, Cowboys in Dallas, 1 o'clock Eastern time on Fox. The Giants have been absolutely terrible this year. The Cowboys have been terrible. But I'm not joking. One of these teams very likely could be in the postseason as a division champion. The Giants... In this game are a one-point... Actually, let's see the latest number. It's a three-point spread. Actually, this game, I beg your pardon. This game is at the Giants. So you've got the the Cowboys as a three-point favorite. The total is 44.5. And here's the scenario for this particular game. Uh, The Giants get in with a win and a Washington football team loss. The Cowboys make the playoffs with a win and a Washington football team loss or tie, or a Cowboys tie and a Washington football team loss. Now let's get to the Washington football team. They're playing the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday, and we're going to pull up that game for you here in just a second. The Washington football team. This is actually the Sunday night game, so this is one of those uh, the quirky scenarios where not, bo- not both games are going on at the same time. Washington football team at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Washington football team's a one-and-a-half-point favorite. The total in this game is 43-and-a-half. So basically, the Washington football team playing for a playoff spot on Sunday night football. If they win that game, they are in. 
if they tie that game and the Dallas Cowboys lose or tie, they are in. So what we're looking at right now, John, is we're guaranteed one thing out of the NFC East. All we know is this. An under 500 team will win that division. Basically, everybody but the Eagles are still alive. And we're going to have a really bad team playing playoff football a week from Sunday. Uh, Give me your thoughts on the lines. Give me your thoughts on these games. How do you think they're going to play out? Yeah, I mean, it's really a shame that one of these teams is going to have a playoff spot when there's some, you know, drama, which we were just talking about with the Bears, the Rams, the, the Cardinals, who are two or three games better in some cases than these teams. And one of them is going to have to watch from the sidelines as a six and nine or, or a six and ten team uh, makes it into uh, the, the playoffs. It, it's, it's just going to be uh, one of those years. And it's starting to feel like the NBA where you have the big disparagement between the, uh, the East and the Western Conference. You've got the AFC with teams with 10 wins trying to fill up those last playoff spots and then you got a team with six or seven wins trying to get in from the NFC East so quite the difference in this situation I think I'm going to go with the New York Giants and here's my logic here the Eagles are playing the Washington football team who has not named a quarterback yet I mean Talk about uh, quite the season for a team, one, who has named the Washington football team. That's historic in its own right. <laughs> Two, just canned their rookie or second-year uh, quarterback who they drafted high just a couple years ago, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, they put him on the street and have Alex Smith, who is you know coming off a, a near-season and career-ending injury and is trying to hold the pieces together and, and get them to the finish line. So in that game specifically, I think the Eagles have the ability to score more points than the Washington football team. The Washington football team has a very good defense. However, Jalen Hurts has been able to move the ball uh, since he took over the starting job from Carson Wentz. I think I like the Eagles in that Sunday night game. I I know uh, it's the driver's seat for the football team, but I just feel like they're not going to be able to keep up with the Eagles offense in that one. So I think I'm going to take the Eagles winning that game. And then in Dallas, it all comes down to Dallas and the Giants. And and if the uh, Giants win and the football team loses, I think the Giants uh, get the scenario there so I'm going to go with the Giants to beat the Cowboys in that game uh, just because I I don't trust the Cowboys at all so I think I'm going to pick the Giants to come out of the NFC East I know that that there's a ton of different scenarios here that means uh, these two games are hugely important for all four teams in play but if I have to pick one it's going to go with consistency and as far as this terrible division has been I think the Giants have played the most consistent ball and deserve that spot out of the NFC East so we'll see what happens the Cowboys could sneak in there as well and I'm sure that would ignite the national pundits who love to talk about the Cowboys nonstop. but overall Give me the Cowboys uh, to lose to the Giants and then give me the Philadelphia Eagles to beat the Washington football team, which would send the G-Men, the New York football Giants, into the postseason at 6-10. and 10. Well said. I agree with you on that one. As we head to our final break here on State Lines and we come back, it's that time of the show you've been waiting for. We will recap our Bears pick. If you're just joining the program, we'll also give you our three best bets against the spread. All that more coming up right after this. segment of the calendar year for the 2020 program some of you might hear this one early in 2021 as well depending on where your local station is airing it in their programming lineup so we wish 
you a very happy, healthy, and prosperous 2021. And we always appreciate our great listeners here on our State Lines broadcast. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. If you're just joining the show, John and I always at this time recap our pick for the Bears game this week. And this week, it's a huge one. Bears on the lakefront against the Packers. The rivalry resumes. The Bears a five-point or a five-point underdog in this game. I almost said five-point favorite. That would have sounded nice, maybe in future years. But the Bears are a five-point underdog in this game to Green Bay. Uh, the total in this contest for the Bears and the Packers is 52. John, remind the listeners which way you're going. Again, a Bears win gets them into the playoffs. Yep, and I'm hoping for one because I'm going to play the money line in the Bears game. They're plus 205 right now. Look, I think that if you're rooting for the Bears to win, you want to make it just that much sweeter when you get a nice payout if they do. And to, to me, that means the money line and not touching the point spread. I mean, you could put some money on it as well because obviously if you're betting the money line, you're hoping for the Bears to win. And if they win, they will have covered. So I can understand if you're looking at that in addition. But if I'm going to have to pick one of them, I think I'm just going to take the side outright there and hope that the Bears uh, win this play-in game for the playoffs. I, I'm going to be rooting for them anyway, so why not try and get a 2-1 to one odds, essentially, on my money there for the Bears to win outright and head to the playoffs with some momentum. And then on, in, in another bet I'm looking at is going to be the total. It's about 52 points right now. I think this one's going to go over. Just looking at the way that the Bears have played some division games of late. They scored 64 in that game against the Lions, which they lost. They scored over 52 points in the win against against the Vikings the other week. So they've been able to just put some points on the board with Mitch in this new uh, offensive strategy where they run the ball a lot more. They do a lot more uh, bootleg and play action, which seems to suit Mitch well. And then we obviously know that Aaron Rodgers can score at will too. So everyone's going to be expecting him to hold up his end of the bargain. So give me the Bears money line. I am taking the bait and hoping that my cheers for them to make the playoffs turns into some cheers because I just doubled my money with plus 205. And then and the over seems just too good to be true. Sometimes it is. But this time, I think it's going to be a pretty safe play. Over 52 points. This one smells like a 35-27 type game or something like that, where a lot of points are being scored by both teams, a lot of touchdowns being scored by both teams, and could easily put this one into a comfortable over. So give me the money line and give me the over and hope that I'm right for the Bears. And I hope you're right, too, John, because I want to see Bears play off football. I'm with you on the over. I think the Bears score some points. I think Green Bay is going to score plenty. But I'm going to take the Packers here at minus five. The Packers beat the Bears at Lambeau Field just a month ago, and they basically named the score in that game. It was 41-10 to after three quarters. Granted, Mitchell Trubisky's better now than he was just a few weeks ago when he made his first start in a long time, filling in then for Nick Foles before officially being named the starter again. But I think Green Bay's got too many weapons. Rodgers is playing MVP. P caliber football. Devontae Adams is always tough on the Bears. The Green Bay defense is pretty darn good too. And the Bears have not beaten great opponents in recent weeks. You can only play your schedule, but wins over teams like the Texans, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and the, and the Minnesota Vikings. Not all that impressive to me. I hope I'm wrong here. Unless you're betting the game, then I hope I'm right for you. But from a, a fan's perspective, I hope I'm wrong. But I'm taking the Packers minus the five. I don't, I hope I'm right on the over. I'm going to go over 52. And I think the Bears will need the Rams to beat the Arizona Cardinals to get into the playoffs. Now, John, let's light it up around the league. You've been very hot all season with your picks against the spread. Close out week 17, the regular season slate with your best bets, your three best ones against the spread, and go ahead and give those listeners a New Year's present, some more winners. 
Well, I've been talking about it for weeks. I'm trying to get to 500 before the playoffs start. And if you're a new gambler, if you're just getting started, you know, trying to, to peg yourself against the professionals, anywhere above 500 for a full NFL season is pretty dang good. I mean, if you're trying to make your money off of being a professional gambler, you obviously need to be in the green every time uh, you go out for a season or for a year's worth of bets. So if I could get to 500 and then leave it all up to chance in the playoffs, I'll be pretty happy. But to do so, I need to go 3-0. and this week I'm currently three games under 500 so this is my last shot to put myself at an even mark before the playoffs start and what I'm going to do is pick three games with some teams uh, that have something to play for because there are some landmines on this NFL card there are some bad games there are some quarterbacks that are playing because of emergency uh, due to injuries or COVID lists or things like that so make sure you understand exactly who's going to be on the field before you put down bets because this thing is changing fast and there are a lot of teams that are already out of the playoffs who have nothing to play for and I usually do not like betting on games uh, where there are no stakes involved because you never know what's going to happen so let's start with a game that I think uh, is sort of counterintuitive to what I think is going to happen in the playoffs Uh, but for this one there's only one team that has something to play for and I think that they're going to get it done because of that it's the Miami Dolphins versus the Buffalo Bills I think the Bills might have a chance to beat the Chiefs and represent the AFC in the Super Bowl I think they are playing just that well I think Josh Allen is an MVP contender might lose it to Aaron Rodgers but certainly deserves to be in the conversation and meanwhile the Miami Dolphins have had a great year uh, moving around some pieces I mean they put in Ryan Fitzpatrick in the fourth quarter of last week's game benching to Otagovailoa who had been the starter for the past few weeks and Fitz gets the job done so they are firmly fighting for a playoff spot in the AFC at 10 and 5 right now they're three-point underdogs which I wish was a little bit higher but I think I'm going to take them anyway. They're playing for their playoff lives. The Bills are locked in. They can't move their position in the AFC. So for that reason, I think I'm going to go with the Dolphins to cover the spread plus three and get the job done. Another team that's playing for a lot, uh, it's it's unlikely that they'll be able to get the number one overall seed, but it's the Seattle Seahawks. They're playing uh, jockeying for position with the New Orleans Saints and the uh, Green Bay Packers. They are headed to Glendale not to play the Cardinals, but to play the, uh, the San Francisco 49ers who have been kicked out of Santa Clara and California because of the COVID restrictions. They have not won a game since they left Santa Clara. They are 0-2 straight up and against the spread in Glendale at the Cardinals' home stadium, and I do not think that changes this year or this game. I think that the Seahawks cover the spread right now. Uh, it's just around 6.5 points, uh, maybe 5.5, depending on where you're looking. I think they'll cover that easily. Uh, Pete Carroll says they're going for it. They're going to try and get the number one overall seed, so they are not resting anyone, and the 49ers are just not talented enough I think to keep up with the Seahawks playing in that type of mindset so give me the Seahawks plus five and a half plus six and a half I think they'll win by a touchdown so the number doesn't really matter there and then finally a game certainly uh, that everyone saw coming it's the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cleveland Browns the Browns are fighting for their playoff lives like Jason said earlier in the show might have a horseshoe attached to their shoes or their belts somewhere because the luck that they have gotten this year to be in contention for the playoffs has been mighty Uh, But this one, the the line's been crazy because of uh, Ben Roethlisberger not playing and maybe Mason Rudolph getting the start. But I still think the Steelers cover whatever spread you want to put out there uh, as an underdog. They're plus seven. I think they're going to find a way uh, to, to score enough points 
and uh, shut down Baker enough to keep this one close. That's just a lot of points for a good team like the Steelers and, and a good defense nonetheless, too. I know they've struggled as of late, but they've still got a lot of offensive weapons for Rudolph to figure out how to get the ball to them. And I think the defense will keep this game close enough to where if you see a plus seven, plus six, plus eight type line for the Steelers, that's not enough points for me uh, to think that the Browns are going to cover that. So give me the Steelers in that one. To recap, I'm going with the Dolphins plus three against the Bills. Uh, I think the Seahawks will cover their game against the 49ers minus five and a half. And I think that the Steelers will find some way somehow behind Mason Rudolph to keep it close enough where the Browns will not cover plus seven. Uh, give me the Steelers in that one. All right, John Spataro locked in with what he hopes are three winners for the audience as a New Year's present from him here on State Lines. I, Jason Gotch, I'm going to go against John Spataro on that Steelers and Browns game. I'm actually on the Browns in this one. Look, I saw enough of Mason Rudolph last year. He's not good. Cleveland's at home. I think that loss to the Jets, which was inexcusable last week in New Jersey, a game there's no reason the Browns should be losing to the now 2-13 and Jets. They were 1-13 going in that game. A couple of weeks ago, they were 0-13. But still, I, I think with everything on the line here for Cleveland, that they're going to find a way to win that game and win it convincingly. And I think Pittsburgh just doesn't care. They're playing Mason Rudolph. They, they're not playing Roethlisberger. I think you're going to see the Steelers rest a lot of people. They're 12-3. and They know where they're going to be at in the playoffs. They know they don't have a first round by. So Mike Tomlin's guys have been in the postseason a lot over the years. Tomlin's been there a lot. He'd rather have a healthy team than a team that knocks a rival out of the playoffs. So give me the Browns minus the 10. That's a, an early kickoff, 12 o'clock Central Time in Cleveland coming up on Sunday. Now to the NFC lease. These two games between competitors in that division are my other two best bets. The Washington football team and the Sunday Nighter against the Philadelphia Eagles. Give me the Eagles on their own field with Jalen Hurts at quarterback. They're 4-10-1 this year. The Washington football team is 6-9. Dwayne Haskins no more a member of the Washington football team. And nothing really sums up the dysfunctional run, I should say really, era or generation of Dan Snyder since the mid-90s running the Washington football team, formerly known as the Redskins when he bought that team. But that entire franchise, nothing sums up it more than the Dwayne Haskins just fiasco. Reports uh, just a year ago that Dan Snyder went down into the draft room. He wanted Dwayne Haskins as a first-round quarterback pick for the Washington football team. They made it happen. Haskins, showing the maturity level of more of a high school player than an NFL player, gets cut this week by the new head coach, a first-year head coach, uh, Ron Rivera, showing that he has a lot of uh, say in that organization that he cut one year into a young quarterback's tenure with that team, the, the quarterback that the owner wanted. So they waste a first-round pick on Haskins. He doesn't even make it two years because of his immaturity. Uh, Ron Rivera is a good coach. He might get this turned around eventually. But I think this is a game the Washington football team loses no matter who is at quarterback, even if it is Alex Smith for this one. I think the Eagles cover this game. Heck, I'd take them on the money line, a John Spataro-style play, plus 113. But if you want, be safe. Take them plus the points, uh, plus one and a half, the total in that game 43 and a half so I'm going with the Eagles plus the one and a half the Browns minus the 10 and I am going to go with the Dallas Cowboys Mike McCarthy's team look the guy should be fired after this season he's not a good coach but I think the Cowboys minus the three at the Giants get it done on the road I really do the Giants are terrible when Colt McCoy plays they're not as bad as they are when you have to see Daniel Jones turning over the ball left and right but the Giants if they win this game 
and the Washington football team loses to the Eagles, they get in at 6-10. and 10. I don't think it happens. I think the Washington football team loses to the Eagles. But give me Andy Dalton and the Dallas Cowboys at 7-9 and nine to make the playoffs and get destroyed one week from Sunday by whoever they play in the postseason. So I'm going Cowboys minus 3, Eagles plus the 1.5, and, and the Browns minus 10 as my Jason Gotch's best bets of the week. For John Spataro, I'm Jason Gotch. Again, have a great, healthy, prosperous, and happy New Year. We'll talk to you next week. we got the first round of the playoffs. We'll get into it from the gambler's perspective. Thanks for your listenership all season, and we'll talk to you in 2021. This show is for entertainment purposes only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.